the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. We're going to be using The Athletic quite a lot right today in this show for our top available free agent discussion. That's going to be one segment with Scott Allen. Then we're going to switch gears to what may be coming tomorrow in terms of NFL trades. Tomorrow's the actual start of the league year. All of these things can become officially official, and the trade window opens back up. It should not be boring. Scott and I are going to talk about some of the names that could be in that rumored list as well. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for this and plenty more information. Get 40% off your first year subscription today. Scott, I'm going to bring you in right away because I'm on very little sleep. So I'm going to need some help getting through this. Yesterday was not boring. Let's put it that way. The official opening of the tampering window, whatever you want to call it, negotiation period. Um, <laughs> a lot got done for a couple hours of talking, right? <laughs> yeah, understatement <laughs> Elephant of the in year the room, right? There. right? Oh Elephant my gosh, in the room. geez louise. Yeah, this stuff has been happening for uh, for days, clearly. I don't care. It's not a, an issue with me. I'm happy that a lot of these things are out of the way and we kind of have a, a shorter list to look at now, which is kind of what we're going to do today. Um, you may be asking, I put out uh, a tweet for questions for this and I have some good ones to get to. I'm guessing the first question a lot of you are thinking is, why aren't they breaking down free agent contracts? Scott, I mentioned this to you off air. It's We're just not ready. We're just not ready. We have a lot of you know unofficial official breakdowns in there maybe two dozen or so, you know, and a lot of the bigger ones, Joe Tooney, uh, Lindsley, Corey Lindsley, a lot of the big contracts are in spot track right now, but it's not enough to really have a full pulse on what teams have done, what the league has done, you know, like the guaranteed dollars versus the total dollars. Those are, those are the numbers we like to get to positional spending, things like that. I just don't know enough on, you know, most of the deals that were announced and once we have a firmer grasp on those breakdowns, we'll have that show. We'll have a show where we break down just what the Patriots have done here, just what the Chargers have added to their offensive line, um, you know, which teams really sold off this offseason, all, all those good things. It's just not the right time. I know there's a lot of numbers being thrown around there, and uh, sometimes I have to catch myself and sit in my own hands because uh, you, know, you see a Nelson Aguilar contract of two for 26, and you want to throw something at the computer, there's no way that's the actual base value. I don't have the breakdown on that, so I'm not going to speak to it. And if I don't have that contract, what can I tell you about the Patriots yet? You know, I don't. I just don't have the full picture. So I know you understand, Scott. Oh, for, yeah. for the listeners out there, we're just going to pause on that kind of recap. We're not going to grade anything or anything like that. We're just gonna we're just going to continue to work hard at getting this stuff in. And uh, you know, when there's a day for that, we'll have that show. Uh, anything, the, go the, ahead. Yeah, the only thing I'm going to say with uh, with what you just said there was I and I messaged you yesterday. It, it's hysterical that breakdowns are even coming through in this quote unquote tampering period. Yeah. <laughs> they can't even technically quote unquote be officially assigned, you know. And you're able to get that information, so it's just hysterical how this you know legal. Well, well full disclosure, you, you know, yes, this stuff has been submitted and. and it's not officially official until tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, but Anthony Barr was submitted last year. The Jets had Anthony Barr under contract. I had the five-year breakdown on his contract as a Jet, and 48 hours later, he was back with Minnesota on a restructured contract extension. So 
it's not officially official. It's 99.5% official. And we're going to put it on the site so you can see the updated cap situation as much as possible. But just remember, like, you know, we've had a couple here and there kind of kind of filter out or somebody came in bigger or minds were changed, you know, family decisions got changed. There's a lot that can happen in the next 24 hours. So um, for that reason, and for the fact that we just don't have, you know, a good enough handle on these breakdowns just yet to speak to them, we're just going to pause on that discussion. So up front here, I guess let's start with this. We'll do some questions off of Twitter. My first question for you, Scott, is what jumped off the page yesterday? Well, I, I had just said it to you, New England getting the top two tight ends, sure. having gone in the draft last year and drafting two tight ends and now going and getting top two tight ends in free agency. That's a really good way to say that. And I don't think that's being said enough because, I, you know, I, I spent some time this morning kind of killing the Packers for bad draft picks last year versus what they've done this year. The Patriots aren't getting enough angst for how bad this draft has been over the past couple of years. You know, we're going to talk about trade candidates. I've got two Patriots on that list, one of whom was a first a first round pick a couple of years ago that we're pretty sure is going to be out the door here. Um, so it's a good it's a good discussion to have there with the Patriots. Yes, they're spending like hell. Yes, it's a reaction to seven and nine and no Tom Brady, and they have the cap space to burn right now, and they're they're clearly going for some death pieces. But it's a result of I think Andrew Brandt says this often. A lot of teams have to use free agency to fix a bad draft. This is like mm-hmm. New England fixing four bad drafts. That's <laughs> what this is. Um, so it's not surprising. But you're right. It's a good way to phrase it. They have now four tight ends under contract, essentially, two of whom they drafted mid-round last year, two of whom they've clearly gone big on in terms of guaranteed dollars this free agency. So, yeah, there's no I've got no qualms with that being the most interesting topic. Um, A lot of tight end needy teams are pretty mad at New England right now for doubling up here, (laughs) you know? Yeah, but to New England's side they had the cap space to yeah. use so you know it, the teams that don't have that space you can't get mad i mean your own fault for not having that space at this time so um I, I think the other thing that jumped off the page is who got paid at the top right now we've got outside linebackers mm-hmm. dn and then you've got a guard and a center and you know a, offensive linemen and we're probably going to get some more here in the next few days that find their way to the top of the list here or in, in trades or whatever it may be. But it, it, it goes to what we've been saying if get your offensive line and subsequently get guys that can rush and get at the quarterback. And that's who's getting paid right now. Market value too. I mean, Shaq took a little less to stay in Tampa Judon and Dupree both got their 16 that we had them at. Um, Leonard Floyd, 16, just what I had them at. I mean, it's it's the going right. And maybe that's what's jumping off the page more to me is this feels pretty damn normal. Multi-year contracts, two-year, three-year guarantees on the major contracts. Um, obviously, there's some cap gymnastics with the first year in a lot of these contracts. I mean, if you look at some of these one-year deals with void years, the cap is down in the twos and threes for this year. So teams that need the cap space are still finding a way to sign guys. It's pretty, it's pretty normal. This is pretty much how it would have looked if the cap had risen 10 million this year. Honestly, 
I don't think any of these contracts, with, with the, you know, maybe Shaq Barrett goes $20 million plus to stay in Tampa if there's $10 million more to work with down there. But I, I think this is pretty much how it would have f- unfolded in most seasons with this, this kind of free agent class. You know, the wide receiver market may be coming down a little bit, maybe, except for guys like Aguilar and Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne and Corey Davis. They're getting 12 and 13s. You know, that's going to be their average annual. So if that third tier of wide receivers is in the 12 range, you know, that means guys like Galladay are going 18, 19, 20, probably. You know, if Allen Robinson resigns or if he's traded off the, off that Bears tag, he's going 20. Again, market value. These guys are going to get what they're supposed to get. Um, and and I, to me, it just feels normal. So that's to me, that's what the most surprising element here is that we expected a bloodbath of cap casualties. We expected a crunch of free agent contracts, and we're just not seeing it. Now, I don't want to be hypocritical here because I opened the show by saying I'm not going to break down free agency until I have the details. I'm not going to have a final statement on what I just said either until I see the details because, like I said, Aguilar's contract could be two for 15. That could be a $7 million contract per year when the, when you get down to the base value. And a lot of these contracts have been heavily inflated in terms of their their total value. So we'll see where we end up. But just having done this now for you know over a dozen years, this kind of feels like a normal NFL free agency. So let's see how it finishes off here. Uh, but for the most part, I, I think guys are getting what they expected to get and teams aren't really having to come down too much. And that's a benefit to having that cap flexibility we've talked about. Mm-hmm. There's been some creativity and that has opened up avenues for not only you know, one guy to sign, but maybe two or three guys to sign. You know, I, Pittsburgh's getting players in. We haven't seen the Saints do anything just yet, but, you know, the Rams have signed players and they are at the bottom of our cap list. So let's get to that smooth transition. Question number one from Twitter. How are the Rams signing players when they're 30 million over right now? Ian Rappaport has the answer for you. And I knew it was coming eventually. They were just going to be last in line to get there. The Rams have officially restructured Jalen Ramsey, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald's conversions are coming, those roster bonuses. Pretty simple stuff. The, the Chiefs have done this in the past 24 hours with their big-time players, and they freed themselves up upwards of 25 to $30 million pretty instantly. And the Rams are about to do the same just to get themselves neutral. And uh, I'll expand on that quickly just so we're, we're all on the same page. Every team in the league has to be cap neutral, so at least at zero, for their top 51 contracts by... March 17th, 4 p.m. Eastern. And every day at 4 p.m. Eastern from there out. Again, it's just the top 51 cap hits until week one starts. But starting tomorrow, Wednesday the 17th, 4 p.m. Eastern, everybody has to be under their adjusted salary cap by 4 p.m. every day. So whatever moves happen, there has to be a counter move to make sure that you're you're cap friendly at that point. So it's uh it's going to be a, a mad dash for a couple of these teams with some restructures and some extensions and things like that. Um, and oh, by the way, some of that may be trading a player at the last minute, something that gets done immediately at 4 p.m. tomorrow that gets them under, gets them safe so they can go and make additional moves. You've had that with the NBA where there's, there's timing that, <laughs> you know, item A has to happen so that items B and C can happen right after that. We're going to see some of that too. And we'll talk about that a little bit at the end of the show. What happens if a team is not 
at cap neutral come any day yeah, any day starting tomorrow so the, Do they get fined or yeah what it's up, up to five million in fines uh significant draft pick loss and if they need to the league can also roll back some of these contracts that they've signed so for instance the rams signed leonard floyd if leonard floyd's contract is one of the reasons that they're over tomorrow if for some reason they don't get themselves under the league can say hey that now is a that's a voided contract we're going to roll that back to make sure that you are neutral and you can go back to business as you needed also here's a million dollar fine or a loss of a third round pick whatever it's going to be um it's adjudicated separately and uniquely but those are the terms you can you know, you can do some real damage if you mess that up. And teams have been doing this long enough now where that's not going to happen. But, you know, the Rams you certainly good, waited. Go ahead. You, you make a good point with the timing because if yeah. if they're going to sign, you know, sign a player at 4 p.m. and they have to have that much space or they could they could delay it and actually do the physical signing two or three days later to make more space. You know, NBA does that all the time. Sometimes official signings don't happen for a month later because of all the timings and, you know, trades that have to happen and they want to be above so that they're acting as over the cap or under the cap and all the different situations. You're right. In the NFL, similar situation is if they have to be under at 4 PM every day, then they may have to make a cut and wait a day or two to sign that player. So that's a great point. All right. Question number two. Um, Good one. I've noticed a lot of the contracts coming in are well above our our projected market values. So here's the answer to that. And it kind of correlates to what I said a couple of minutes ago. I was anticipating the cap crunch and our calculations basically put out a foundational contract. So the base value, you know, what this, what this, the floor of what that player could be looking for if they hit the open market, there's no question that players are getting more than was anticipated especially with what we thought was going to happen uh, at edge rushers, at wide receivers with the supply that was out there. And everybody, like I said, everybody's kind of getting what they're worth. It's good stuff. They're getting spread around to different teams. Not many of those players went back home. So whenever you have a couple of teams bidding, you're going to get yourself a couple million more on average. That's what we're finding with a lot of these, these top free agents. And, you know, we have the highest paid, paid average paid center in NFL history out there. Uh, you know, the guard market got reset for a couple of minutes. That's going to get reset two more times this off season with Brandon Sheriff and Quentin Nelson. And, uh, the tight ends were well over, over our markets, well over them. I mean, I had Johnny and Hunter Henry at around 10 each because of injuries and lack of production, quite frankly. And the Patriots basically said, all right, we've got it to burn. <laughs> we're not going to let anyone else come in and take these guys away from us. This is how we fix our, our offensive weapon system. And they they didn't take any uh, take any crap from anybody else. So clearly, slight overpays in those regards on those contracts, but with purpose. There's no question about it. Scott, who's the best available free agent right now? Trent Williams. Yep, I agree. Supplyman. I agree. Uh, left tackle. He's getting up there in age. He had a, he had a falling out in Washington. He moved on to San Francisco, where they agreed they would not deal with his contract. He was going to be afforded the opportunity to get to this free agency. And uh, it's about resetting his value right now. It surprised me, surprises me a little bit that San Francisco hasn't gotten this done because it seems logical after what they gave up that they were just going to give him top dollar and let him be on the left side of that line for the next couple of seasons, which leads me to believe that 
there's a situation out there. And, you know, is somebody going crazy overpaying Trent Williams? Maybe, you know, maybe Jacksonville or maybe some, someone that's just looking to get better. Maybe Cincinnati is throwing stupid money at Trent Williams right now. And he's really having to decide on, you know, contention versus dollars. But there also may be somebody out there that's really, really good. That's throwing good money out at him. That's really making him stop and think. And for me, that team is the Chiefs. I wonder if the Chiefs aren't looking to replace Eric Fisher with Trent Williams right now, the top free agent available, um, to really figure this out because they got embarrassed in the Super Bowl with their situation, their lack of depth, and just bad injuries, bad luck. You know, they let they let Mitchell Schwartz walk, which surprised everybody, but almost immediately had him replaced with Joe Tooney. You know even though there is what? No collusion, right? No tampering, <laughs> right? <laughs> so they already let Eric Fisher walk too, you know, minutes before Schwartz. Did they have somebody in mind? Or is it going to be, you know, a cat and mouse game to replace them, replace that position? I tend to think they've got somebody in mind and who better than the top free agent available in Trent Williams. So I think it's really possible that the Chiefs are involved in that discussion. And that's why San Francisco hasn't gotten it done yet. But it could very well be a bunch of bad teams too. I mean, Pittsburgh needs a left tackle. They lost theirs. Uh, just go down the list. You know, Miami could use an upgrade. There's, everybody needs better help on, on the bookends of their offensive line. But I have a feeling there's good teams making good offers right now. And that's what, what why the holdup. Any thoughts there? No. You said everything that I was thinking offensive line, horrible in the Super Bowl. They're going to go out and do what they have to. Uh, and, they made enough space by releasing and, and doing everything to get up into the 30 millions in space. So that tells you that they probably do have their eyes on somebody that they're going to have to spend for and have the space to get them in right away. And that definitely seems like a likely option. 22 a year from San Francisco or 18 a year from Kansas City. What are you doing? Oh, I'm. that's easy. I'm going Kansas City. Okay. All right. Next on the list, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this I'm gonna throw this one out to you. I'm gonna package Kenny Galladay and Juju Smith Schuster into one conversation. Okay. Just not enough to love to overpay from. Is that that's what's happening here? Or are there multiple teams that's making this decision hard? I think it is a Wait and see, see if the value comes down because we know that the wide receivers in this draft are top, top notch. I think that's right. I think they're, they're trying to weight that price down. I also wonder if some of those teams that are looking for a new WR one and those guys aren't waiting on the bears because there's a, a developing situation with Allen Robinson and that franchise tag, uh, who's basically come out and said, I'm not signing this. <laughs> All right. I want long-term. I'm not even sure I want it here. You know, the bears don't have a quarterback situation figured out. Nick Foles is basically the only quarterback on the roster. And, you know, logic says that that's not going to be the answer for 2021. Are they waiting on Russell Wilson? Are they trying to acquire another quarterback from somebody else? That waiting game is putting the rest of this offseason in kind of pause mode for Chicago, which is not good. It's a bad time to have that situation going on. And I think a lot of teams, many teams, maybe most teams would prefer Allen Robinson over Galladay or Schuster in terms of what you could take this offseason. So I wonder, I wonder if Miami's sitting there waiting for that situation to come to fruition 
when they could throw a couple of mid-round picks over the next two drafts to get Allen Robinson out of Chicago and, and put him, put money into him versus one of these other guys. So there's probably a lot in play, but I, uh, I have a feeling that's also part of this conversation. Who else, Scott? Who else is out there that's at least piqued your interest uh, enough to kind of wonder where and how much? Um, maybe an AJ Bowie. Yeah, from Denver. Yeah, he's or... he's made a couple of visits. Shaq Griffin out of Seattle. Seattle yeah. as a whole is just, and I don't want to get down a Russell Wilson rabbit hole right now, but that's also a similar Chicago conversation. Don't you feel like they're operating under a bit of an unknown, you know, nameplate right now? It seems like they're looking at running backs. We've heard Carson coming back. We've heard Leonard Fournette's in conversations there. Um, you know, that's Pete Carroll's been saying that since day one of 2021 that they want to improve the run game. Um, they've done nothing with the offensive line, so that's not going to make Russell any any happier. I, I just wonder if offensive weapon or offensive lineman or anybody with a name is hanging up the phone on Seattle right now because of the uncertainty with Russell Wilson. Is that fair? That is absolutely fair. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's sort of it, it, trying to think of an example where. James Harden in the NBA, you know, some things weren't going to happen or, or Giannis with signing things where it, it's a log jam until yeah. it's done and then things can proceed. And it's not and, like Seattle is taking the Milwaukee approach, which is we're just going to bring in two, three guys that look great for us and right. hope that Russell wants to stay. I, that's not what they're doing. I mean, it's they're they're slow playing, which is normal for Seattle. And we'll see what happens in the next 48 hours in terms of guys they can bring in. But uh, they certainly didn't go big. You know, they didn't go Joe Tooney. They didn't go anybody that can help right now. Maybe they're in the Trent Williams conversation. Maybe that would be very unlike them. But um, right now, it just seems to be pause mode, which is fine. I'm not going to knock them for it. But I have to imagine that the Russell Wilson drama has thrown a wrench in a lot of potential suitors conversations with, with that team as well. It's weird how that works. I mean, the social media situation is not not only driving narrative, but it's it's got to be torpedoing teams' ability to operate right now. Truly, yeah. And and you know what it makes me think of is what we just talked about last episode. Deshaun Watson hasn't been traded, and yeah. Houston has had a firm foot down saying we are not trading him, and they've been able to operate and bring guys in because they've had this firm. Uh, stance on we are not moving him, whereas Seattle really hasn't come out and said we're not moving Russell, and teams are probably, or even players are hesitant because if a guy signs and then a week later Russell is out the door and you were going there because you wanted to play with Russell if you were a wide receiver or a running back, then that that changes everything. So it, you have com- two different spectrums there. Mm-hmm. One is working for the Houston Texans where they're able to sign these guys. And then on Seattle side, they're at a log jam right now. 11 free agent signings for the Houston Texans. 11. None that are going to blow you off the page, but they're, no, but they're, they're, they're going to make the team better. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to improve, you know, kind of piece by piece. Very Patriots like, which is, not ironic because they brought in Patriots front office people. So it's a, it's a methodical approach to Houston. This isn't going to be the year that they're good or great, but it's a step in the right direction, no matter who's the quarterback, in my opinion. Um, Andy Dalton, we talked about him last week. That's 
he's becoming more and more interesting to me as these hours have kind of passed. Um, because I have a feeling, because he's, look, he, he'd be fine as a stake in between Houston and Deshaun Watson right now, whether that's for a backup role, if Deshaun will play, or a starting role if Deshaun won't play. But he's being rumored to San Francisco, um, which maybe transition us into segment two here, Scott, which is trade trade talks. Andy Dalton in San Francisco could be a good veteran backup, just fine. But Jimmy Garoppolo's trade situation really hasn't been denounced enough for me to take it off the table. I I, I have a feeling he's going to be the week one starter in San Fran. I just think that's probably what ends up happening. But there may be a world where there's an offer out there that San Francisco at least is waiting for an answer on, (laughs) you know? Whether that's Garoppolo to the Raiders, whether that's Garoppolo to Chicago, you know, I don't, I don't imagine New England is in that conversation anymore with the Cam signing. But I, uh, I, I wonder if that kind of news, Dalton in San Francisco, is some sort of backup plan if the Garoppolo situation does come through. Again, I don't think that's probably on the table right now, but maybe there's an offer out there. Maybe. Um, any thoughts on that? Seems to have died down, right? It, it does. And, I mean, who's going to trade for Jimmy at this point outside of Chicago? I mean, it seems like Chicago is yeah. uh, the the hub of all quarterback trades at this point. Um, but, you know, the free agent market, you know, Washington just signed fit. So does that mean they're out completely on even making a trade for anybody at this point And they're just going to move forward because they were a, a, a possible trade destination for a lot of quarterbacks that we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, you know, we really haven't heard much out of Carolina. Uh, so yeah, Carolina you know, definitely wants to upgrade their quarterback position and we can talk there a little. I, I just think, I don't think Jimmy's enough of an upgrade for them. They, I mean, they, they hold the number eight pick. So they're in third or fourth quarterback in the draft land already. So why would you kind of mess that up unless it's for one of the big guys, Russell or Deshaun? Um, So I I keep them out of a Jimmy conversation. What about a team like Denver though? It just feels like Denver's not, not there with, with Drew Locke. And I understand that he's a much cheaper option and, you know, they were in the Matthew Stafford conversation. I imagine they're in the Deshaun conversation is Jimmy Garoppolo enough of an upgrade for them to consider that? Because I, I just don't think it's going to cost that much to get Jimmy Garoppolo out of there. And whatever it would get, you would get if you're San Francisco to get Jimmy out and then bring Andy Dalton in, you're saving cap, no question. You're saving cash, no question. And you're, you're acquiring draft assets. And, and I like Andy Dalton as a one-year stopgap, you know, with co- probably comparable numbers to what Garoppolo can give you in San Francisco. So... Just wanted to throw it out there. I know I know they've well, also been linked to Sam Darnold. He's in this conversation. Sam Darnold, for me, probably has a bigger team in mind, or the Jets do it at least. You know what I mean? If the number two pick and Sam Darnold are going somewhere, it's going to be for Deshaun, for Russell, for another player we have we don't even know about yet. But um, my my guess is that Darnold wouldn't be linked to a a smaller situation like that. It'd be something bigger. Go ahead, give give me your thoughts on all this. Well. I was going to say, if you're going to, if you're Denver, do you want to make the trade or do you just want to go for Andy Dalton yourself? Yeah. 
you know, you got that option. Um, That's a fair point. It's a way cheaper (laughs) option. It's a fair point. It it is. And and they're number nine in the draft. So they they have some decisions to make, but I I just can't figure where – where 49ers have been gonna... too quiet, I guess, is my, my overarching point. They've been a little too quiet. They took yeah. a step back last year. Garoppolo was average. Let's be fair. He's average. Um, I, you know, they were linked to Matt Ryan. They're linked to Sam Darnold. They're linked to Kirk Cousins. They're linked to Matthew Stafford. Uh, every, everybody's tried to get another quarterback on that team, and we, we're here, and, and I don't, I'm not sure it's happening. Uh, but the Andy Dalton rumors to San Francisco really kind of piqued my interest here with it because – is that just a good backup to have in the event that Jimmy gets hurt or he's, you know, below average, or is it plan, you know, you know, exhibit B of something that's coming in terms of a Jimmy Garoppolo trade. There's probably just not enough suitors out there, but something to keep out in the back of your mind. Let's talk about other guys who could be traded as early as tomorrow, 4 PM Eastern Scott. What's the, what's the name that you've got for me? Uh, I, I have Nikhil Harry. Okay. Yeah, let's talk Patriots. I got a couple of Patriots that could go. Nikhil Harry has started to pop up in conversation, not that he wouldn't have anyway, but certainly after a couple of wide receiver signings this offseason, they need to kind of cut bait on just a ridiculous first-round bust. Um, Guy had a ton of talent. He's got upside. Probably just needs to change of of scenery, maybe get out of a system that's, I don't know, too complicated, too daunting. Who knows what's going on with the Patriots and their offensive weapons, but – there's value here. I mean, it's two years left on the rookie contract, you know, you know, and the option to boot. So, you know, a team that's maybe just looking for a second or third piece could easily get involved in this conversation on a complete low buy, you know, a Corey Coleman type situation out of Cleveland, something along those lines, a con Treadwell out of Minnesota. We've seen this a couple of times in the past. So I don't have teams off the top of my head, you know, maybe green Bay, they, they seem to be needing to add pieces, but who, who do you got for an Akil Harry type situation? Giants, right? Yeah, yeah. Giants, maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe Miami if they want to go young. I think they're looking much, much bigger. But yeah, no, I I agree there. But um, here's why I brought him up, and we you sort of alluded to it earlier with Galladay and Schuster. I could see New England moving on from Harry and then spending to bring in not only two tight ends, but bring in two wide receivers of Schuster and Galladay and really stocking up on the offense that they were anemic now that they have Mm -hmm. Cam back. And if Cam can get back to even, you know, 75 to 80% of what he was in Carolina and you give him all of these weapons, they have the space to do so. And maybe they're dragging their feet waiting for the wide receiver market to come down and go from there. Yeah. There's like a nine, there's like nine sign wide receivers in New England right now. And I don't think many of us would love any of them, uh, you know, like a few of them, not love any of them right now. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's a draft or a free agent signing in that regard. Um, the Patriots defense is going to be extremely good. Yeah, because they're getting all those guys that were opted out. Man. That plus a couple of really smart signings here in Judon and, and, and Wise and a couple of those players. It just seems like it, it does seem like that part of the, of the equation may be fixed. 
or well improved. So if they have just an adequate offense under Cam, you know, and I and that's why I think running the game through tight ends and running backs, running back is probably where I see them make the splash. Um, they probably don't bring James White back, but are they in on Chris Carson? Are they in on Leonard Fournette? Uh, somebody who can really move the gamut in the run game for that team to bail Cam Newton out if he is physically deficient this year. I I think tight ends and running running backs can help that offense and hold it up enough with a really good defense to at least compete in that division. It's pretty good philosophy. You know, that Belichick guy might know what he's doing. And we'll see. We'll see what other moves come out of the gamut. One move I do think could happen Boy, it hasn't had any steam, though, even though the contract says it's going to happen. Stefan Gilmore is basically on like an option year in, in New England, and they've already paid this guy once. We see the kind of coin they're putting out to free agents. I can't imagine they extend him on a new contract, nor can I imagine him playing on what he's being offered. It's like $7 million this year. So to me, that's a trade that's coming, even though we've heard zero about it. Uh, if your team just lost a cornerback, for instance, to a cap casualty or to a free agency, you're in on Stefan Gilmore. He's 31. You know, he's not the same shutdown guy he once was. He is more than adequate. Uh, you know, if you're Arizona about to lose Patrick Peterson and you can bring in Stefan Gilmore on a, uh, on a basically a sign and trade type deal for two, three years, you're doing that. In my opinion, you're doing that. So San Francisco, they're in, uh, you know, any, anyone with a, with a deficient deficiency in the, in the secondary, they're going to be in. Don't even rule out Kansas city. The Stefan Gilmore take a little bit of a discount to go to a contender. You know, an anti mm -hmm. anti Patriots contender. That's yeah. a name that's got to be out there. Nikhil Harry's name's going to be out there. Zach Ertz's name's been out there for weeks. Philadelphia wants a third round pick. That's not happening. You know, it's just not. You know, they wanted two first for Carson Wentz. Remember that? Remember the good old days? <laughs> <laughs> so Zach Ertz probably not getting a mid round pick. It's probably going to be in the in the fifth round tender. Tennessee needs one. That's the team I'm looking at. Um, yeah, they do. The Chargers need one. Both those teams just lost legitimate free agent tight ends. So why not consider a flyer on Zach Ertz for a year and see what happens? I know the Bills were in on both of those free agent tight ends. They may be looking to the draft or maybe thinking a little bit smaller in terms of a, a one or two year buy on a tight end. But if the price is right, you know, if you can get Zach Ertz for a sixth and restructure him into two for nine or something like that, fully guaranteed, that's probably pretty attractive to Brandon Bean based on what he's done this offseason already. So that's a name certainly out there. We've mentioned Darnold and Russell Wilson. Let's not even go down there anymore. Uh, there's a world where those two guys are involved in a, in a move together. There's no question about that. Uh, we've had Mariota talks before, Scott. And a lot of the conversation was around, was around Washington, quite frankly, because that was a team that was interested in replacing Alex Smith with another vet. They've done that. <laughs> they brought in Fitzmagic for his ninth team on a one-year, $10 million contract. Thoughts there? What's the local people saying about uh, Fitzmagic in Washington? Uh, not sure yet. Haven't, haven't listened in. I was going to do that this afternoon, see what the guys were saying. So I'll have to report back on that. My, my initial thoughts are they're... They're buying their time till next year to see where they want to go. He's sort of a yeah. stopgap. Yeah. 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 I mean, with, with all the, the – I, I think what they may be doing internally is – and this is all speculation by me. 
Um, you know, you bring in Fitzmagic, he does his thing. If they win him some games with the assets that are around him, right. great. They probably, maybe they put out a feeler to see how much it would cost to go to Deshaun Watson and they just did not like it. They probably had to send back some defensive players or something back to Houston that they did not like. Yep. And some of these other quarterbacks that we've talked about, maybe it was too expensive. So they went the, the cheaper route for a one year. And then you may have some quarterbacks that they can either jump on next year in a trade. Maybe Matt Ryan is cheaper or Russell Wilson is a little bit more uh, flexible with, you mm -hmm. know, the, the money there. Or if they end up not doing well, then they go for a quarterback in next year's draft uh, when they're able to have potentially a full college season and actually give more time to scouting and watching film instead of watching film from, you know, two years ago. Here, here's my thoughts. A, a lot of good points. I'm going to pick my a few out here. The, the argument that Washington may be bad and maybe in, in draft position for a top quarterback next year is probably dead because <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick teams just don't do that. They just don't win one or two games for, you know, they win six, seven, eight, nine, usually not 10, usually not four. It's going to be somewhere in that range. So, you know, they're not going to be in lottery pick mode, in my opinion. And by the way, they weren't going to be anyway with that defense. It's an outstanding defense right now. That's probably going to get better in the next couple of days anyway, or at least through the draft through May. So knowing who you are was really important here. And a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, he can win you eight games just being who he is. So add the defense into that, and maybe that becomes nine. Maybe that becomes ten, especially with Philadelphia reeling. The Giants kind of in pause mode. Dallas should be taking a step forward here with Dak back in the fold, but th there's a legitimate contention chance for Washington. They identified that. They identified the fact that they're not a terrible team. So this is a perfect bridge stopgap like you're talking about. What it also is is a chance for them to, to – Truly evaluate Taylor Heineke all year long, all camp, all season long. And oh, by the way, Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably not a terrible guy to have next to Heineke all year just from, you know, uh, you know, shooting the ass with them, a, a little bit of experience. Who has more experience in this league right now than Taylor Heineke or excuse me, than Ryan Fitzpatrick? So there's a mentorship to it. There's a competitiveness to it. And, and there's some winning to be had here as well with Fitzpatrick. The 10 million price tag is a little high. Makes me think that either he was really going to retire or there may be more than one team that were, that were looking at Fitzpatrick. That seems high to me. It, it just does. But uh, I love the fit because of who I think Washington should be this year. Yeah, and here's a conspiracy theory of my own. You know, you bring in the stopgap. They're going to be the Washington football team again for the 2021 season. <laughs> so come 2022, if they rebrand and you can get a quarterback yeah. that can help with the rebranding process, you know, and that's a, a double-edged sword for them. If that's the case, if that's where they're going, you know, if you polled Washington football fans right now, and I gave you Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr, or Marcus Mariota, wh which quarterback do you think most Washington fans wanted to be starting week one? Probably Derek Carr. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think there's a chance that that, that name's available next year. 
and they might know it, you know, they might know it. So I do, I do like the fact that they're pausing and waiting on that, on, on making a drastic move in 2021 for that well, position. And signing fits, like you sort of said, they have a good defense. Yeah. If they can get and get some other defense, they can not necessarily have to use their draft pick to get a quarterback. If they like the three that are on the roster, they can get other assets that they do need mm -hmm. and fill, you know, get offensive linemen, get some other weapons, um, fill up that secondary and, and go from there in the following year. Like we've talked about, you know, get, get everything around the quarterback. Fitz is going to be there. He can teach and, and mentor. And it sounds like, you know, Ron Rivera knows what he's doing. Good start. It's been a good 18 months. That's for darn sure. Ups and downs personally for Ron Rivera, but it's uh, it's looked good on the field. That's no question yeah. about it. All right. A couple more trade candidates and we'll get out of here. We've been talking tight ends here. I've got actually two more that could be on this list. David Njoku, for sure, out of Cleveland. Uh, it just seems like, look, he's had great weeks and terrible weeks. Anybody who has owned him in fantasy knows exactly what I'm talking about. There's weapons on that team. I, they've had to be trying to trade him. The feelers have got to be out there at this point. And I know he doesn't want to leave, so, you know, but does a team like Buffalo who needs it, Green Bay who needs it, the Chargers who we mentioned, the Titans who we mentioned, there just seems to be too many teams right now in need of a quick fix tight end to not go and make a run at either this guy or OJ Howard out of Tampa Bay. Because if with Gronk back in Tampa, Cameron Brate's probably not going anywhere. It's possible. Um, and then OJ Howard on that fifth year option, to me, one of those is probably going to have to bend. Um, so we'll see. Uh, th those are the two teams I'm identifying for tight end moves for sure. I want to finish on the big one. This news came out yesterday that Daniil Hunter is requesting a trade out of Minnesota. This is the second year in a row that a superstar player has basically said, I need out of here. Last year, Stefan Diggs, who the Bills you know, gave up a huge haul to get that worked out fantastically. This year, their edge rusher, who's on a ridiculously good value contract. I mean, it was one of those, why did you sign this contract kind of moves? Because <laughs> um, he's just been outstanding. And yes, he was injured last year. So it's going to be a buy low kind of time to get him. This is maybe the most attractive trade candidate on the market right now because of what he can bring. He is not 30. He is dirt cheap in terms of contract. And maybe that has to adjust when you get to the new team. But if you missed out on Matt Judon, Bud Dupree, Shaq Barrett, Trey Hendrickson, Carl Lawson, right? If you missed out on the six pack of, of edge rushers that just went in free agency, this guy's sitting here with a better contract with a good resume, and if he's healthy, is going to be a great option for your team over the next three seasons. So Daniil Hunter is the name to watch for me. It, it is in red lights starting tomorrow, Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. That is the name I want to see going to a contender because I think that has real, real impact potential. Yeah, that's a big name. Um, you know, if Minnesota does trade him, you know, what what is going on? I in agree Minnesota? because they talked about Cousins moving on. Yeah, right. Adam yeah. Thielen's well, had some feelers out there. Yes, and he was he was sort of a sleeper pick that I thought of a you know if he's not happy there in in Minnesota's you know make a trade and then get another wide receiver because the wide receivers are deep in this draft yeah. as we've yeah. already talked about. You know, I could see Minnesota doing something like that, but the fact that you're having back-to-back -back years where players are wanting to be out 
something is wrong in that organization right now. Um, and, you know, Minnesota fans have to feel at a loss because, you know, you get these big name guys that they have and they think, you know, you're a few wins from getting to that Super Bowl. And, you know, now everything sort of seems like it's imploding. Okay, let's finish on this. Who's the Bears starting quarterback in 2021? March 16th, 2021. I want the answer. <laughs> Player not on the roster right now. Well, obviously. <laughs> well, you didn't let me finish. Didn't let me finish. It's going to be uh, via the draft. Someone via the draft. So are they moving up? Are they going to pull out your biscuit and move up to get somebody? I'm going to say yes. Oh, my goodness. I don't, know if, I don't know if Bears fans can handle that. I, I don't either, but I'm, that's where I'm going. They're moving up from say? 20. They're 20th. They're 20th, Scott. Yeah, but if you... I'm going to say... All right, I'll say this. They move up slightly to get Mac Jones. How about that? Can, can they... Can they trade Allen Robinson having franchise tagged him? Yeah. Yep. So that could be a situation where a team at the top, you know, all right, we'll trade you Allen Robinson and X picks and move up to get who they want in the draft. Man, oh man, oh man. Who in the world is doing that though? The Giants? Maybe? Maybe. <laughs> That's it's not a terrible thought. I mean, that is their piece. I don't, I don't think they'd trade Khalil Mack right now. You know, so Allen Robinson is their kind of asset. Um, I do think it's via the draft. You know, the Mariota trade is, could happen. A Garoppolo trade could happen. You know, I don't think the Russell thing is, we, is real, even though I know a lot of people are holding out hope. Um, at Darnold's, that's a possibility. You know, it's possible that the Jets just want to keep number two and just trade Sam Darnold straight up for somebody. So if that's the case and you're Chicago, I guess just take a flyer on that. Why not? Sam Darnold is probably the, the number two option for Chicago right now in terms of just logic. Um, so where does Trubisky land? He's done as a starter. There's no question now. He's going to have to compete somewhere to start, but is he, who is he backing up right now? Hmm. That's a great point. I have an interesting team for you. Buffalo. Really? He kind of feels Josh Allen. He just obviously not as good. I, I just wonder if he'd take a vet yeah. min this year. Now, he'd want to play more, so he'd probably want to go to a worse team. <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe he's the stopgap for Houston. But th there's just a similar game set to Josh Allen. And I wonder if you'd be able to come in and kind of get him in that system and just trust him as needed as necessary. Uh, it's just an off the top of my head move. They need a backup. Is, yeah. What about Miami is Miami sold on Tua? I mean, there's been the conversations of trading Tua with yeah. the, the Deshaun Watson and all that. I mean, that could be a potential. Yeah. Those land. are the kind of teams he'd probably prefer to go to, to compete. Like you're talking about Pittsburgh, similar. Um, yep. But I don't know. I see. Boy, I haven't heard or, that name once. I'll say it that way. <laughs> well, and that's a good point. Or, or do you do you do your uh, research and find out which quarterbacks get injured the most frequent, and then go that route so that or even easier, you just don't injured. sign. You just don't sign until training camp, and you let somebody get hurt. We've seen that. Oh, we've good. seen that happen plenty of times. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah. Very possible. 
but we'll see if the right situation unfolds. That's for sure. All right. Trade candidates for tomorrow's official league year start. A couple of best available free agents as well. As we continue to track these on spotchart.com. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of things going here. Obviously, our free agent tracker is live on the homepage. You can click to get that immediately. Our team's team cap tracker is available right there as well. I've, I'm also doing like a running blog of every single signing, whether it's small, big, large, and I'm breaking down details and giving you links right to the contract. That's in our recent quick spots on the homepage, spotrack.com slash spots. That's a, a, a growing long article at this point that will continue to grow as more things happen in real time. And like I said, direct links to those breakdowns when they become available as well. My thanks to The Athletic. Check out theathletic.com slash track. Get yourself 40% off a first-year subscription. Keep up with all the grades of all these off-season moves with Shield Kapati and all the great NFL guys over there, Robert Mays as well. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Track Podcast. <laughs>